Hey friends, Andy Jenkins, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm here in my office at the Hilltop. It is Friday, and it is one of those just incredibly beautiful days outside. Now, I don't know what day you're listening to this, but today it looks like a fantastic day. And I've got this message, this talk I want to share with you. Now, let me let me tell you where this came from, because I'm about to roll in the live audio from a talk. In fact, I'm, I'm going to do a series of these talks from several years ago. Okay, so here is the 411. That, that just means, like, here's the inside scoop. Several years ago, in fact, it's been about a decade. This talk is 10 years old. I was working with a group of people who started a small group at the Birmingham Dream Center. Now, when we began, it was just a handful of people. Over about a six-month period, that group just exploded. We started in the winter in January. By June, we had a couple hundred people in it. It was growing in the middle of the city at night, during the week, during the summer. We even had to take a pause because there was a tornado that came through uh, the Birmingham area that year back in April, if you remember and are kind of tracking with all of that. But what we really determined that we needed to do, and, and, and this was this was a great experience, by the way. We had to teach the information really quick, make it ultra accessible, meaning simple. Like you, you couldn't have seven or eight points. There was just one main idea. And, and I really enjoyed it. In fact, that's one of the areas where I really think I started finding, developing my unique voice, really how I was going to communicate in the future. It was really a pivotal time for me. In fact, I'm going to put a link in the show notes below where you can grab the redemption book. Uh, You can grab it absolutely free. You can download the PDF or there is an old version of it. Now there's a new version as well, but there's an old version of it, which is one of the first versions that was written. Uh, The new one is just a different size and color, same content. That content all came from this environment, not from this series, but from this small group. That was really when we started deciding, you know, we we really need to teach people how radically loved they are by their Heavenly Father. So this is the season really when I began leading with grace as as the message. That's one of the four components of the framework that I teach, grace, freedom, purpose, and empowerment. That season is really when I began doing that, and it all drills down to that series on redemption where we were talking about the blood of Jesus and everything that Jesus achieved for you, for me, at the cross and the events leading up to the cross. Well, well, after that, after people awaken to faith, what do they need next? Like, what's the next step? And what we really wanted to do was just toss aside people's preconceptions of what Christianity is, of what our faith is, boil it down really simple to the essence. Okay, so this talk right here, it is a message on take the next best step. I, I really think that so often we get tied up with our faith and go, well, there's all this stuff to do, or you know, like we kind of raise the bar so incredibly high, which on one hand is great. I really believe the Holy Spirit comes to you to empower you to outperform your natural capacity, yet we don't do it based on performance. 
everything that we live is just an overflow of the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. And in this message, we're going to talk about that and really highlight the idea that it's all about, here's the metaphor we'll use, and it's straight from a story in the New Testament, letting Jesus into the boat with you, letting him in with you, and then just doing the next best thing that he leads you to do. Okay, so here's the talk. It's 10 years. It may even be, I need to look at the calendar. It may even be 11 years old from the Birmingham Dream Center. I'll be back at the end of this talk with some more information for you. I want to talk to you the next few weeks about just basic, simple Christianity. And um, let me just kind of present it like this. Um, and, I, and I'm not the funny guy, so you guys are going to have to help me out, which means you're going to have to laugh a little bit. So uh, l- let me let me just kind of introduce the whole topic of basic Christianity kind of like this. Go ahead and give us the first slide. Uh, everybody know what that is? This is what you see when you walk upstairs to your room. Uh, let, me, let me just kind of clarify. Whenever you see that, here's exactly what your kids are seeing, okay? That's a bed. What they see is... Okay, am I right? Okay. Um, let me... My kids, the other day, Judah was standing on the uh, on the couch, and we said, hey, you got to get off that buddy. And he did this little maneuver where he kind of jumped up, landed on his rear end, and then like bounced forward across onto the ground, showing us that he had perfected that move by repeated exposure to it. Uh, give me another one. Here's what you see on any given day. Boxes, right? And so... Uh, when you see a box, what do you think kids are seeing in that? Let's just roll it and see. Yeah, either this, a jet, or or I could have ta- put a monster truck. Uh, give me another one. You see this. This is uh, two people uh, married, by the way, kissing. And so what do you think the average little kid is seeing when they see that? Just... That's just the truth. Uh, you kissing a girl, you might as well be smooching a pig, right? And that all changes at some point. Uh, let me give you another one. You see this, uh, men in suits. And when, when you bring up the idea of suit, dress up, belt, tie, anything, kids immediately think straight jacket, right? Give you another one. I got like two or three more. Um, So you see all these people here. We're looking in and we see a nice, calm, soothing classroom. And what do you think children might see when they see a classroom? Here it is. I got two right there. That's it. Or got you another one. Same thing. Uh, Give me another one. This one's uh, really good. All right. When we see a doctor, uh, that's what this nice lady is. Or perhaps not even this doctor, that doctor. What, what do you think your kids are thinking when they see this guy come? And I had experience with this this morning because I tell you, don't flip yet. We, uh, we brought Miriam in there to see Dr. Record, and she lays on the table, uh, and he gets out the uh, stethoscope, you know, the, the eye thing, the ear thing, the tongue depressor. I mean, and she's just like, he's torturing her, right? I mean, this is what, so here's what they see. That's it. That's it. All, you know, this is going to help you. Uh, yeah, it's exit. Okay. Go, go again. You see this? What do your kids see? Yeah. See all the kids on the front. Oh, yes. Well, here's the deal. You know, I, I think sometimes the Christian life's like that. A lot of times when you think of what, you think of the Christian life. I just found these pictures that would kind of nail it down. And just kind of show us what you might perceive when we talk about the Christian walk, the Christian journey, this, this you know, following Christ. And, and sometimes when you think of that, here, here's, and, and I just want you to leave today with an image. I don't even want you to leave with a lot of information. 
here's what you often think of. You, you, you might think of, not, not the lightsaber, but you might think of, let's, let's roll on over. You, you might think of this. It's just this long, winding, lots of uphill, just struggle. Uh, so, something like, the next slide. Just, just this dreary drudge, just long. Again, just, you can imagine if you're having to walk that, or, or you're, sorry, your Harley runs out of gas, which that's never happened to you guys. And somebody, you got to walk and go get the gas. Or It's just this struggle. It's just uphill. It's just there seems to be no ease to it. You, you seem to focus on how far you've got to go rather than just where you've been and, and kind of being able to look back and see how far God has, has brought you. One more slide. Maybe this. It's beautiful scenery on the Christian life. But, but still, as this picture shows, you're just alone and it's still uphill and it's still, where is God and what is God doing and, and am I going to make it? And, and if I could do this, just if I could take away the distance and the struggle from you and show you and just leave you with this one image. And I'm going I'm to show you in Bible in Luke 5. Just this image. The reality is this. Do you guys see what that is? What is that? It's a step. Singular. The, the reality is that, just roll, and I've got just kind of the main point of the whole night for you. Right there, Christianity is simply this. It is taking the next step. The step of obedience. And when we come into the Christian life, and we come into the scripture, and we read these stories, somehow we read these stories, and we think that these guys had everything together instantly. And when we see it, somehow we see the highlight reel of their life. And we see just the greatest hits version of Moses, the greatest hits version of Joshua, the greatest hits highlight film of Paul. And we don't see all the struggle. And what I would say to you, and we're going to look at one life tonight, is everything that they did radical for Christ. Every great distance that was uphill that they covered, and for sure there is a lot of uphill in the Christian life, every great distance they covered boiled down to one single step, followed by another single step, followed by another single step. Let me show you in the Bible, Luke chapter 5, and, and I, I had never seen this, and there's kind of studying this idea. This just kind of jumps out. This is the call of Peter. It says this, so it was, Luke 5, 1, as the multitude pressed about him about Jesus to hear the word of God he stood by the lake of Gennesaret he saw two boats standing by the lake but the fishermen had gone from him and they were washing their nets now what that means is fishermen would typically in Jesus's day fish at night when it was cool and then in the middle of the day they would get their nets they would come back on shore they would start washing them what this means is they were done for the day when Jesus comes to them it is a complete interruption of everything they had gone on and by the way they have no fish right there. So he comes to them, he interrupts them, and it says this in verse 3, it says, Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him, Put out a little from the land, and then he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Four steps right there in one verse. Did you see it? Jesus is there. The men are up washing their nets. They're done for the day. They've quit. And Jesus comes up to them and he says something to this. I just imagine because you'd have to insert all the narrative because they just kind of skip over it. Jesus says, hey, you, you think I could get into that boat? I mean, that's what he's saying to some of you tonight. Hey, you got this boat going on. You think I could just jump into you? I mean, will you let me in? You got your thing going. I know you've been working all night. I know you're tired. I know you've been struggling. Do you think you'll just let me into that? 
Do you see? He's not asking for radical change yet. He's not asking for major life decisions yet. He's not asking you to give away all your money yet. He's not asking you to go sell everything you have and give it to the poor yet, though he might ask you to do those things at some point. He's just saying, you think you'll let me in? And so Peter, he actually lets him in. And then it says this. It, it, Jesus says, hey, all right, now that I'm here... Because um, they're on the shore, right? So you imagine Jesus is just chilling out in this empty boat, no fish, wash nets, sitting there on the shore. How bizarre is that? And, and then he says this. He goes, hey, what about if you just put out a little bit from the shore? Not, not major, not overhauling, not just this radical thing. I mean, can we bring a little, little change to the situation? You think you'll let me just kind of make a little bit of a decision here? And so he puts out a little bit. Sec, so step one, get in the boat. Step two, you think we could put out a little bit? Like it's a complete setup by Jesus, right? He's sandbagging him. And, and then it says this. It says that Jesus sat down in the boat. And then fourth step, Jesus teaches the multitudes from the boat. This would have been typical and customary in Jesus' day because a boat on water facing a shore would have created this natural amphitheater where wherever you were and you're talking, it just kind of makes the sound just echo up the hill there on the shore where people could hear. And then plus the crowds couldn't push him farther and farther and farther and eventually he falls off the pier into the water. So it, it, Jesus has gone from, hey, will you just let me interrupt you? And, and just, let, just let me in. Now, and he's gone to from that step to, hey, what, what if I just make a little decision here? What if we just alter things a little bit and we kind of go out from the shore a little bit? Whatever the shore is for you, we change it a little bit. And then he's gone step three. Well, what about if I just, what if I actually just sit down? What if I kind of become a permanent fixture here? Okay, because when somebody sits in your house and you don't like them, you know they're staying for a while, right? And so, what if I just stay here for a bit? And then he's gone from that to, hey, what about now that I've got you this far, I'm going to actually use you to reach these people. Somehow I'm going to work through you. And so, you see the process. It's just one step after another step after another step. When he stopped speaking, verse 4, he then said to Simon, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now, what had Simon been doing all night? He'd been fishing. He'd been working. He had been letting down his nets. And what had he just done with the nets when Jesus found him? He had just washed the nets. And so this man that's been working all night, that's now let him in, that's now put out a little bit, that's now watched Jesus sat down, that's now let Jesus teach. And sometimes Jesus is short-winded, sometimes he's long-winded. We have no idea how long that went. He then says, after the crowd leaves, he says, what about if you just let me go out into the deep with you? What if we just completely reorient what you had going for the day? And after we do that, what if we do something that's completely countercultural to the norm of fishing at night? What if we do something completely countercultural to the way everything everybody does? That we somehow get divorced when it doesn't work. That we do this certain decision with our kids. That we do this with our money rather than, than giving our money. That we, whatever the decision is that's so countercultural, he somehow breaks that countercultural thing and says, Now, how about you let me make a radical decision in your life? Do you see it? Simon answered him, verse 5, he says, Master, like he objects, we've, we've toiled all night, we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. 
And the scripture says this, when they'd done this, they caught such a great number of fish that the net was breaking. Can you imagine how these fishermen were so fired up after they had let Jesus in and let Jesus do this, that we can actually trust him, that we've trusted him, not with just the big thing, but we've trusted him with a little thing, little step, little step, little step, little step, and now all of a sudden this big step and this big thing happens. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. They came, filled both boats, so that both boats began to sink. When Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, I'm sinful. And so all the other partners did the same. And then the scripture finishes out in the chapter. It's, it's, it says this, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, all the fish that they had told for all night, when they had brought it to the boat, they forsook it and followed him. Do you see what happened? Do you see the whole story? What, what, what was it? It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, Peter, I want you to give up everything because I've called you to go do all of this stuff. That would be overwhelming, wouldn't it? And if I came to you right now and I said, you know what, you got all of this stuff going on in your life. And what Jesus wants you to do is just lay all of it, this and this and this on the, he just wants you to lay it all. And, and, and maybe there's a time for that. But I, I think most often what he comes to us and does, and he for sure may do that and he may want everything for, I think most often what he does is he comes to you and he says this, will you trust me with this, this one thing? Some of you even know what it is. Will you trust me with this job? Will you trust me in this relationship? Will you trust me with getting involved and serving in this way? Will you trust me with this thing you do with your money? Will you trust me with this health issue that you've got going on? Will you trust me with this addiction? Will you trust me? Whatever the thing is, Christianity boils down to, following Jesus boils down to, what is the next step of obedience that he has for you? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this. It says, Beholding him as in a mirror, looking at him as in a mirror, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree. How many degrees does it take to turn around and go in the opposite direction? It takes, uh, uh, any mathematical genius, it takes uh, 180 degrees. The answer is 180, everybody. And, and, and Paul says, one degree of glory to another degree of glory, to another degree. I mean, some of us have, have 10 degrees to turn. Some of us have 180. And he says, it's a degree. It's a degree. It's a degree. I ran across this little tidbit of information a long time ago. Do you know what the difference is between a, just a photograph and an actual movie? And the difference, it's, it's this, it's 24 frames per second. That means if I simply lay out 24 shots that look almost alike, that are slightly different, and if I just scroll through them really quickly like they do on film, then it looks like those photos are moving, but they're not moving. It's just a whole different sequence. Do you see? A little bit of change over time equals big, big monumental change. Do you see? It's drastic. It's huge. 
If I had an egg, I almost brought one up here to cook. If I had an egg and I just broke it in half and it came out and the yolk was there and we had the yolk sitting in a frying pan and I heated it up, it would, it would be this. It would be one degree of a stir and then one degree of air, part fat, part air, part fat, part air, part fat, part air, part fat, part air. Do I have a chef in here? Is that right? Part air, part fat. And eventually this thing changes from a yolk that you would just drink and be disgusted by to the scrambled egg that you guys eat for breakfast just about every day. How? One degree of change at a time. How does your life change one step, one degree of change at a time? Do you see it? Some of you have one step to take. Some of you have one step, and as I say that, you know exactly what the step is. Some of you have a step to take, and your step is, first step is, you need to know Jesus. Okay, so there it is. I, I trust the teaching that you received today. It gave you just a dose of freedom, just a breath of fresh air to go, oh man, I, I thought there was so much to achieve, so much to accomplish. And for you, my prayer is that you will just have the wisdom. And, and, and it's not this prayer of like, well, I hope you can make it. I mean, Jesus is clear. My sheep know me, they hear my voice. What that means is that you do know him you can hear and discern exactly what he's telling to you. So as I close out, the same every single week. Uh, and before I do that, look in the links in the show notes. There are some free resources for you right there, including the free app, including take advantage of the free ebook, or if you want to purchase the old version or the new version, the old one, I think it's on sale for like five bucks. We'll ship it to you free in the mail. My prayer for you is that the Lord would bless you. He would keep you would be gracious to you. He would shine his face of incredible favor upon you that you would see amidst all the clutter, amidst all the struggle. I mean, Peter had been fishing overnight, caught nothing that you would see amidst all of the strain and stress of the past season. The simple thing that he is calling you forth to do, which is number one, may you let him in your boat. And may number two, you just hear, not the bigger picture, but hear the next best thing for you to do. Grace and peace. I'll see you again very soon.